Aussies love discovering new restaurants, and Open Table is Australia's most visited dining reservation platform, with more than 1 million hungry diners looking for inspiration each month. On average, guest booking on Open Table spend 49% more than walk ins. Open Table's world class table management technology ensures your seats are optimized front of house to seat more diners, saving you time to focus on what you do best. And it doesn't stop at the end of a meal. Open Table's relationship management tools keep you connected with your guests, helping you turn first time diners into regulars. Visit restaurant.opentable.com.au to connect with your local Open Table restaurant expert to learn more. Open Table, empowering restaurants to do what they do best, better. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I am your host today, Ashley Ellis, and thank you for tuning in. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. And today we have Georgia Mackey, the director of Ceiling Cafe, based here in Melbourne. I'm a big fan of Ceiling as, as they believe in similar principles as I do, and that is to use whole foods that create delicious meals for everyone to enjoy. With everything from the classic acai bowl to their amazing bulletproof coffee, Ceiling really are about healthy eating done right. Hi, Georgia. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So I just wanted to ask you, what got you into the venture to begin with? What what drew you into Seedling Cafe? So I got into Seedling after returning from quite a few years travelling and I came back to Melbourne. Um, and I'd got really clear when I was away on what I wanted. So after working for Fox's Den in Port Melbourne, I was managing their store there. I got clear on the fact that I really wanted to work for somewhere that was serving healthy food. Yeah. I wanted a small team environment um, without the politics. And I really wanted to work Monday to Friday. And I was, you know, in hospitality, it's not really a job. And while I was travelling, I knew that I was coming back to Melbourne. I started to have a look online and found Seedling Cafe through a paleo Facebook page. Mm. And someone had tagged them. And so I looked on their website and thought that was like a pretty cool place. So I shot them over a message and said, hey, I know you're not looking for anyone, but I'm a trained health coach. I'm coming back to Melbourne in a couple of months. This is what I, I want to work as a chef. Are you interested? Um, and he messaged me back and said, oh, we've actually just put an ad up, like, yesterday. <laughs> Monday to Friday, 7 till 3, chef in a small cafe in the middle of Melbourne serving healthy food. So that Perfect. was how I first got into it. That's amazing. That's a great story, actually. I didn't realise. Manifestation at its yeah, best. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I think that's a similar way to how I got, um, you know, my job at Mainway Greens. Things just aligned in the most amazing way, and, you know, one thing led to another, and yeah, that's just how it works sometimes, you know. You well, even what you're doing now, I heard you say in your sort of introduction podcast that, mm. you know, over time you sort of collect these bits and pieces and you kind of do different ventures. And, you yeah. know, I trained as a health coach and then I went and did yoga yoga teacher training and mm. then I worked as a chef and slowly over time kind of got this much clearer picture of how I wanted all those things to work together and coming and finding seedling was kind of that perfect intertwining of, health coaching without just sitting down with people while I still got to work with food and I got yeah. to talk to people over the counter and hear about their dietary requirements and then figure out ways of meeting those through the food we served. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think that is how it works in the long run, you know. I think 
at the time it doesn't make sense but actually in that process you're building your niche and in doing that and once you put yourself out there there are people that gravitate towards who you are and what you're about and yeah it's a it's a great process once you really start to get into it. When you can look back and connect the dots and it all makes sense. Yeah definitely. Um because I realised that that's what what, uh, what got you into the venture and what was about you kind of covered the next question about what like drew you to to Seedling Cafe um, yeah. you mentioned about the health coaching um, the paleo website as well so was that was that a, like a diet or a protocol that you were following at that time yeah so at the time I had become yeah, sort of interested in paleo. Um, I'd tried a lot of different things and that was something that at the time kind of made sense. It was also something that was seemed to be having a moment. It was sort of having, you know, one of those trends that seemed to be around and there's a lot of people talking about it. I think it was when sort of Pete Evans was at his prime, <laughs> really pushing the paleo way. Yep. Um, and so, you know, in terms of just eating really good quality meats and, you know, less gluten and grains mm. and all that stuff kind of really made sense to me. Yeah. Um, and so when I joined Seedling, they were he- it was a healthy cafe and they had gluten-free options, mm-hmm. but it wasn't 100% healthy. It wasn't niched into that. So yeah. they sort of still had the pulled pork paninis and you know, pasta salad alongside like raw treats. And so yeah. when I joined the, um, them as the chef, obviously I was really passionate about that sort of paleo stuff mm. and, you know, making sure that everything was free range and grass fed and, you know, making sure that we're serving a really good quality product. And yeah. so over time we really refined what we were doing and slowly sort of eliminated more and more of those other options yeah. and kind of got to a point where gluten-free had just come so far. Um, mm. So Seedling's a 100% gluten-free cafe yeah. and we were already not doing that much with grains or anything and okay. um, we found a really great gluten-free bread supplier and we sort of got to a point where like why are we not doing this people were coming in that were celiac and we're like well we've got a gluten-free option we've got this tiny kitchen and we're using the same grill and they'd be like well we can't eat it so we're like well we might as well just get rid of the couple of items that we were still doing that did contain gluten and just start serving 100% gluten-free food so that really then became what we were known for Um, we still have paleo on our website we still have paleo options But it's definitely something that was sort of left behind in terms of really like promoting as our brand. And we've, as a tag yeah, and, yeah. yeah, we've tried not to just sort of box ourselves into that sort of paleo yeah. corner. So now we just say that we're 100% gluten free. We're a whole food cafe. We don't use any refined sugar in any of our cooking. Mm-hmm. And we cater to a huge, you know, a wide range of dietary requirements, yeah. sort of where we've put ourselves now. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you. How did you find the response from the public? Because you said, you know, the the menu still had the, the pulled pork paninis and, and, and that kind of thing. And you obviously transitioned more towards whole foods and gluten-free and, 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 and all of that. What was the response from the, you know, the loyalists, if you like? I think it just slowly changed over time. Mm. As you sort of talked about with earlier with finding sort of your niche by collecting all these different experiences and, you know, who you are as a person, I think that also reflects on your customers. And Mm -hmm. so I think 
we slowly, you know, I would talk to people about those things. So our customer base just became more the kind of people that were looking for yep. those healthy alternatives. We definitely still had our people coming in for their cappuccino with five sugars. <laughs> you know, there's, there's sort of, we'd just go, okay, we'll make it. Yep. But, the, you know, they weren't our clientele. Yeah, and so they weren't, you know, we'd serve anyone, but they weren't the people that we were going for. So. Yep. Over time, I think that just slowly changed that, yeah, people came to us. And, we, you know, I look at our community now and we just have such a loyal following. Yep. And they're people that I love. Like we, We're on the same page in terms of our values about life and the way we want to live. And mm-hmm. you sort of end up creating a culture around that within you know, your cu- customer base. Yeah. I think that's what drew me to Siegling in the first place. Because when I first moved to Melbourne, I was on a similar path of, you know, I, I guess if I was going to put a label or a tag on, you know, how I was eating, I guess paleo was probably the easiest way to identify that. And, you know, so when I was looking around of, you know, healthy eating cafes and paleo cafes and this, that and the other, ceiling was the one that kept popping up. And I, you know, went into the city and I checked you guys out and it's like, this is it. You know, this is this is what I was looking for. And it was just done in such a you know simplistic way where you didn't feel... Um, I'm trying to think what the word is, but you didn't feel isolated in the fact that, you know, you couldn't eat gluten or you couldn't eat grains. And there was, I feel like, and I mentioned it in the in the previous podcast, how there's almost, almost still a bit of a stigma around For not sure. eating that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I can't eat rice or I don't want to eat that rice. Difficult or, customer. Yeah, and yeah. you don't want to be that guy and you feel a bit awkward because you're asking the questions of well, what's in this and how was it prepared and... You know, to have a place like Ceiling where you can just go to and it's like, okay, I can breathe easy and it's yep. safe and I can pick this up and I can have that and you're good to go. It's, yeah, it's It's, it's something, a yeah, I mean, it's something that we've really focused on and something that I really prioritise is trying to make sure that we're not too far on one side where we're sort of, yeah, that cafe that you walk into and people just like, start backing out when you know this isn't for me this is you know I've walked into the wrong place it's a different universe Mm. I've really tried to make it a really approachable mainstream in the sense of you know in some sense of the word where you can look at the menu and it kind of looks like any other cafe you know you've got your smashed avo and you've got your eggs and bacon but so people that aren't looking for it don't necessarily know that we're gluten-free like it's it's stated but it's not blatantly obvious so Mm. we do we get people that come in and wouldn't normally choose to eat at a cafe like that, but they yep. don't really know and they enjoy it and, you know, they can pick anything and it's not off-putting. Yeah. And so it's something that, yeah, I always try and focus on is making sure that our food is still very approachable, yep. tasty, looks good and kind of fits in with the Melbourne cafe scene yep. without being, yeah, the standout hippie vibe. <laughs> I think I think you've nailed it on the head. I think when you when you were talking through that, the thing that kept popping into my head was the Melbourne vibe, the Melbourne cafe vibe, you know, when you when you come to Melbourne, it has a very specific feel. And yep. I know that we have a lot of independent cafes here and they all are unique in themselves, but Melbourne as a city, the cafes, they, they all, th- there's something genuine about it, you know, and yep. if you go to other cities and wherever else, it you know, they have their own vibe and they have their own feel about it, but Melbourne has its specific sense of what a cafe is and you yep. know, when you walk into ceiling it it feels like that but you still have the the add-on of you know it's gluten-free and grain-free and you know you can you can follow those protocols if you want to and you know go there and have a good meal and 
like I said, yeah. you feel safe when you when you walk in there and not and don't feel judged. Some of my best sort of memories are when I have customers that come and you sort of can convert them. You know, so I remember once we had a lady that came in or a couple came in and the lady was celiac and so she ordered breakfast and her husband said, I'm not going to eat because I'm not gluten-free. <laughs> and I was like, well, you, you can. I mean, it's food. You're you know, allowed to, you're allowed okay. to eat. Yeah. You can. He was like, no, I don't eat gluten-free food. <laughs> okay. So she ordered her breakfast, yeah. sat down, and then about halfway through, she must have said, you have to try it or have a mouthful mm. or something. And so we had it and he's like, oh, it's really good. So he came up and ordered his own meal. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I don't know what he was expecting, but obviously people have been so put off by yep. things they have had that are gluten-free or have this sort of label on them yep. that they don't want to try anything. So that's where we've really tried to, yeah, make sure that it's something that everyone will enjoy. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's that it's that image of, oh, you know, you're gluten-free and you, therefore you must be this and you must be that. And I think people are afraid of they'll all of a sudden fall into that trap of becoming that quote-unquote person yeah. just because they've had a slice of gluten-free bread. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. Something like that. Um, how, have, you, have you seen, you know, the healthy eating scene change over the years? Like, is that, is that developed? Has it sort of moulded into, into something else? For sure. I mean, I think it's becoming more mainstream yeah. across the board. Uh, we're seeing more and more options mm. available to people. I think, I mean, you guys both, um, or you've been at Laneway Greens, yep. um, which were just up the road from us. Mm. So there are a few of those popping up. Obviously, yep. Fox's Den I mentioned earlier, yep. you know, sort of doing that where it's just this really accessible, healthy food. And then I guess crossing over into now with like meal deliveries, there's a lot more people, I think, looking for those healthier options. Yep. And People are getting busier than ever, and I think people, especially you know, we're in um, Melbourne CBD. Mm. People are busy; they've got money to spend on good quality food, yeah. and they just don't have the time. So people are you know looking for a way of um, still getting the food that they want and food that they can eat every day, mm. while yeah having someone else prepare it. So I think, yeah, I think I'm I'm glad to see that it's becoming something that is becoming. Much more embraced. accessible to people, yeah. and I think that's also you have to mention here that people or like products are becoming so much better. Mm, so, like yeah. the fact that we can have a gluten free cafe with gluten free bread on the menu, and most people wouldn't know it's gluten free, yeah. speaks volumes for how far we've come. Because I was never celiac, but I was gluten free when I was little, and the mm. bread you could definitely tell it was gluten free, yeah. it was like a piece of cardboard. <laughs> so, we've come a long way, and so I think that, yeah. That has a lot um, to do with the accessibility. Yeah. And you mentioned the at-home delivery meals. What was the response to that? Because I know that that was, you know, in a big response to COVID in the last couple of years and the kind of, you know, what do we need to do to still make sure that our customers who are, you know, normally in the CBD can't get into the city? You know, what was, how was the response to that? It was I mean, pe it went well. People, yeah. um, especially because not only were we healthy, we were 100% gluten-free. And mm. so the fact that people could order a meal delivery service that delivered something, and the way we did it is we had our meals pre-prepared. So yeah. They were frozen, delivered to your door. You could keep them in the freezer and then just throw something in the oven mm. and heat it up. Yeah. Um, you know, so people were able to have lasagnas and meatballs and, you know, we had did desserts. We had apple crumbles and yeah. brownies and everything that was sort of healthy, gluten-free, mm -hmm. and could be 
prepared in a really short space of time without yeah. really having other ingredients in the you know in the cupboards. And I think in COVID, people changed their habits, and so mm. people weren't wanting to go out as much, and they weren't wanting to go to the supermarket, and you know having that option to have things delivered to their door was really important. And so yeah. it's something that really helped us definitely through the depths of COVID sort mm. of get through. But it's something that we've continued, and we still offer as a delivery, but also yep. in our stores now in the freezers at the front, we mm. have meals available always. Yep. Um, and yeah, even as people people that didn't necessarily know that we started doing that, that have come back to the city now, yeah. it's like they can get their breakfast, their lunch and grab dinner in one hit, you know. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's really become an important part of our yeah. brand, yeah. I think. And that's something that you'll continue with, you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think there's really, it's, it's almost a whole separate business. Mm. Um, so figuring out as we get busier in the stores again how to you know how to juggle those two things yep. is um, is a new challenge. Yep. Uh, but it's something yeah we've seen such a good response to it and mm -hmm. people really do enjoy it. So it's something that I think we'll try and continue offering. Yeah, and then at the moment, are you doing that out of your out of the two kitchens that you have, or yep. do you have an offsite? set up no we're doing it out of our two kitchens and you've seen our kitchens that's not impressive. very big that is impressive <laughs> so yeah it's all made still all made in house yeah so yeah it's it's a just a little bit of a break in the middle of this podcast just to remind you about sasha's business principal design it's one of the best designs agencies in australia so if you're looking for anything around strategy branding digital design wayfinding, graphic design. You can find them at principledesign.com.au. They're doing amazing work for people in the hospitality industry or anything around branding. Like they are absolutely exceptional. Everything that's produced for Poe is done by Principal Design. So well done team. And myself, I've got a business called Open Pantry Consulting. So we do anything regarding with tech stacks or systems and processes, even into recruitment as well to make your business run even more smoothly in these hospitality ventures. You can find me at openpantryconsulting.com. Now let's go back into the show. Juggle. <laughs> um, and then in terms, of, in terms of trends, is there anything that you are aware of, you know, that, that's out there that people are sort of, catching on to that, are, that people are quite excited about is there you know anything out there that draws you in that you want to see more more of I was really thinking about this and I was thinking about all these sort of like kitschy niche trends that have come and gone within the health food in, well, all industries but the health food industry in particular but I think actually one of the major ones that I think is here to stay is this sort of movement towards plant-based um, food and plant-based eating yeah it's just sort of exploded at the moment and I think it's across the board. Um, you know, I think once you start to see KFC and McDonald's serving plant-based burgers, you know that <laughs> the trend has moved into a yeah. mainstream setting. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting. I think it's, you know, we're not a plant-based cafe, but we try and have a huge amount of plant-based options. Mm -hmm. And I grew up vegetarian. I sort of eat everything now. But one thing that I noticed from growing up vegetarian, you know, eating plant-based food is that, it's so much more creative and innovative and, yep. you know, seeing what people can do with ingredients now and, yep. you know, making these amazing meals that don't have meat as the main, mm. you know, focus um, is exciting. And I think yep. there's it's going to go a really long way. Yep. And I think it's here to stay because, you know, it's just more and more people are making that decision for an environmental reason. Mm. And 
I don't think that's going anywhere. So I yeah. think, yeah, I think it's something that it's worth watching and, you know, trying to stay, stay you know, ahead of that game. Mm. Um, so it's something, you know, where you make sure that almost all of the options on our menu can be either. So we yeah. always have a vegan option. Okay. Um, so our smashed avo has a vegan go to cheese that we can add. So we can just swap that out. Yep. You know, so each item can kind of be made vegan if someone wants. Um, and I think it's a really easy thing that more places could be offering. Like often mm. there's only one or two elements of the dish that's not plant-based. Yep. And so having that item available where you can just say, you can do the simple swap mm. and suddenly cater to a lot more people. Yeah is something that I think a lot more um, yeah, hospitality businesses could be offering. And I think we'll start to see it will just become normal. You know, yeah. now there's a gluten-free option. That used to be really weird. Yeah. Most places now offer, you know, swap the pizza base for a gluten-free the one. Gluten-free one yeah. I think that will become the same with plant-based options. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. I think, like you said, the KFC and McDonald's companies as a whole are just becoming more embracing of that and I think also again it goes back to the stigma I think that's changed a lot for sure you know, it's no longer just people who are you know people are doing it for different reasons now it, it's yep. environmental it's for it's for health it's for conscious efforts you know it's conscious reasons it's 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 different now it's not just I'm vegan and again you fall into this identity yeah. of what a vegan is it's it's completely yep. different now and I think yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's going to carry on. It's going to keep growing, I feel. Well, I saw the other day that um, Eleven Madison Park, you know, mm. one of these amazing restaurants that are known for, like, foie gras and, you know, duck and all these things yep. have gone plant-based. Which, amazing. you know, if they're going plant-based, then the world's a changing place. Yep. <laughs> so I think, yeah, just seeing what some really amazing chefs are going to do with that sort of, as I said, it's a you have to be really creative and mm. it's actually – you have to level up because it's yep. actually it's harder. You have mm. to make simple ingredients into something that's really amazing and can be a standout dish on its own. Yep. Um, without yeah, that sort of one main that sort of you put a steak on a plate and you've got a meal. Yeah, you know. So I think we are yeah, we're going to see people have to sort of lift their game. Yeah, thinking outside of the box. Yeah. And then so you said you're you're a health coach. Yep. So did you find that um, did that mold into anything for you while you were working at, at ceiling did you find that you were you know doing consultations while you were working there or how did people respond to that I think in a non-official way mm. um so as I said I think just having customers coming in and explaining you know their dietary requirements and it was amazing uh, more so when we had our first store and it was really small and yeah. so I had a really um you know close intimate relationship with a lot of the customers that mm. came in there um but the discussions around people's health and then you know how they'd changed their diet and had had these amazing you know recoveries from illnesses or yeah. different things so being able to sort of cater what we were doing mm. to those things so it never yeah it never turned into like con official consultation based yeah. work but really just a you know to and fro relationship yeah. over the counter trying to make sure that what we were offering was continuing to meet the needs of what people wanted and what yeah. our clients were sort of after mm. um, and just promoting healthy food and yeah. sort of, you know, rather than from a one-on-one -on -one basis, actually mm. just trying to create, as I said earlier, trying to create something that would allow people to sort of put their foot into eating healthy food without... Yeah. You know, sometimes I think that it seems so far-fetched and so, mm. you know, 
weird and unusual or yep. whatever it is for people that just trying to offer something where they could come and go, actually, that was really good. I mm. could eat that again. Or that was yep. delicious. Wow, I didn't know you could eat a salad for lunch and be sustained and feel fill, yep. you know. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, more from that perspective that, yep. yeah, just trying to offer something and offer a place where people could come and experience healthy food. I think that's the beauty of it though, right? When you talk about nutrition and, and healthy eating and you talk to customers or you talk to clients and you hear the the success stories from that, then that really motivates you because, you know, the way that I see food and uh, the way that you see food as well, it's that it d- it's not just something that you eat. It can really change who you are fundamentally. And it doesn't have to be big changes. It doesn't have to be big tweaks. It could just be, you know, a, a small thing that you do consistently. And when you hear the success stories from that, it's it's really motivating. And I think... Again, what I love about you guys is the fact that what I've found with with clients in the past is that, you know, you want to follow a protocol, but you get so militant about it that you dare not go out to eat because you're afraid of, you know, what if they've slipped, you know, this specific type of oil or what if there's, you know, a bit of gluten in there. And I think if you got, you know, being able to go to a cafe like Ceiling and like, again, you know, you're safe and you can, you can see what's on the menu and it's very transparent, um, yeah, it, yeah, I can see why you have such a, a loyal customer base on that. Yeah, and it's something, I mean, it definitely, I probably don't promote it enough almost <laughs> as a business, but it's something that, you know, is just in line with my values and, you know, we only use 100% olive oil rather mm. than like a canola blend or something, yeah, yeah. you know, so I've tried to just make sure that, yeah, fundamentally from my own values around food mm. and what I believe that, you know, for the most part, we should be eating. Yeah, that those um, those things are applied mm. at Seedling, and the, the transparency is there. Like, yeah, not all the food is perfect. It's not all the healthiest thing you could possibly yeah. eat. We have sweet treats, and we yeah. have things, and yeah, they're not like things that you'd eat for every meal. Mm. But I think so long as people know what's in them, and that to me is the key element, is that people are making conscious choices. So yeah. I'm not going to try and pretend something's something that's not you know i'll tell people what's in it and then it's up to them to make that decision Mm. um but i think that sometimes is the thing that's missing is that places may seem healthy but if you look behind at what they're actually using to make those products they're not necessarily as good as you would hope Mm. um and so that's something with seedling we've really tried to always have is that the products are what they say you know yeah they're what we say they are um but i also believe that healthy food is something it's not only what you eat but it's about enjoying your food and enjoying mm. your meal and so you know you talk about people getting quite militant with things and yeah. I used to be that like mm. I was so strict about what I would eat that it became so unenjoyable and every meal was stressful yeah. and so I want it to be a place where people can come and relax mm. and just sit down and enjoy a really good meal yeah. and not have to worry and think about what might be in it mm. yeah yeah I like that and so what's next for seedling what are the what are the big plans for the future? It's a really hard question <laughs> at this time. <laughs> um, just following on from COVID, yeah. um, at the moment our real focus is just building back yeah. um, our stores to where they were mm. prior to COVID. Um, we used to have just such a, I mean, the city itself yeah. had such a buzz. There was so much going on, and you know, the stores were pumping every day and mm. we're definitely not there yet. And so, you know, for the next year or two, that's sort of our focus is yeah. just to really get that um, that happening. 
we we really have a you know a focus on those meals. There's something that mm. um, you know we tried. They're still there, but we haven't put a huge amount of energy into. Yep. And so that's definitely an area of the business that we would like to expand on is mm. offering that meal delivery and making that a really cool part of our business. Yeah, and then just focusing on. Um, I had this promise of making like five ebooks while I was in COVID. Yeah. I did one, like in the di- in the first lockdown, and was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll make five more." And <laughs> n- n- you know, one still exists. <laughs> so, you know, then I thought I'd do it on my maternity leave, and I've been working. So, the plan is to have a few more of those come out, and okay. those are just all of our, you know, recipes from the cafes, so that people can yeah. make those um, those things at home. And again, going back to transparency, like I really believe in recipe sharing and. Mm. Um, Allowing people, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, no, you can't have the recipe. Yep. You just have to come back here every day. I yep. think, you know, for me, food is about love and sharing. Mm. And so, you know, allowing people to have access to that um, and those recipes at home is something that's really important to me. So that yep. is definitely on the cards as, you know, yeah, something I will work on. <laughs> I think it falls in line with the transparency though, right? If people can, if, you know, they go to the cafe for a specific item and then they can, you know, they have the recipe at home you know, they realize how, how clean it is, you know, yep. it's, oh, great, you know, yep. so I can It's not some th- secret thing that we're like throwing in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a factory a while ago, like a food production place, and, you know, they just had this big thing of MSG, and I was like, oh, it makes everything taste good. I'm like, wow, like, imagine if you wrote a, re- wrote a recipe, and it just mm. said, like, add MSG at the end, you're like, yeah. so, yeah, no, it's definitely something that we, <laughs> all of our recipes can be replicated. Oh, that's good. So what do you, what, what do you, th- Feeling for the other ebooks, just a continuation of that. Yeah, so they were just I sort of just broke down all our products into um, kind of the core things. So the first one I brought out during COVID was just our sweet treats. Mm. Um, so all of our raw desserts. Yeah. Um, salads is a big one. That's kind of the main part of our business and something we get asked mm. about all the time. Yeah. Um, staples. So all the stuff that we make, we make everything in the cafe from scratch. So whether it's our relish or the onion jam or the beetroot mm. hummus, like everything that's in there is made by us yep. in, the, in the cafe. So, mm. you know, our chia pudding, all of those, granola, all yep. of those things that we make, um, sort of our core things, our soups, which mm. we're just about to start again now that it's getting cold, sort of yep. through the winter is something we're known for. Mm. Um, and I think there's one more, but I can't remember what that would be. <laughs> nope. Right, we'll, we'll <laughs> it's gone. It's always a way to stop. I always feel like it's a... Uh, you remember all of them except for the last one. Yeah, there's always one always that always <laughs> creeps up. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's. Thank you very much, Georgia. That was was really good to have a conversation with you. I had a yeah. Really yeah, I'm glad it. our paths have crossed again. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, I found that because um, you obviously across the road from from Laneway Greens, I'd always walk past on a daily basis and I'd say <laughs> hi, and you know, when Laneway went under, I was like always quite conscious of you know, how you guys are doing and I was following you on, on Instagram and seeing the meals and stuff and, you know, I was relieved that you were able to to yeah, push through that. Got so to the other side. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, so onwards and upwards from yes. here, I think. Yes, yeah. definitely. So thank yeah, you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed the episode. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We are making this content with the industry in mind, so we would really appreciate you sharing it with those in the industry. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you to Mr. Yum for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe.
Aussies love discovering new restaurants, and Open Table is Australia's most visited dining reservation platform, with more than 1 million hungry diners looking for inspiration each month. On average, guests booking on Open Table spend 49% more than walk ins. Open Table's world class table management technology ensures your seats are optimized front of house to seat more diners, saving you time to focus on what you do best. And it doesn't stop at the end of a meal. Open Table's relationship management tools keep you connected with your guests, helping you turn first time diners into regulars. Visit restaurant.opentable.com.au to connect with your local Open Table restaurant expert to learn more. Open Table, empowering restaurants to do what they do best.